Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. So I guess this is as good a time as any <laughs> for me to um, share about this time that I joined a cult. I did, I, I was, I was young, I was in college, my undergraduate degree and I was studying actually at ASU, Arizona State University. I'm just going to be real about all this, how this went down. Um, I had always, since I can remember, been a very zealous person toward God and Jesus. But I was never like a conventional Christian really ever. I was never one of these people who completely believed in the Bible and that it was the unfallible word of God. I don't know that I would have said that out loud and shared that with anyone. Um, but I, I was just always very zealous. I, I just, I don't know. I think maybe I just had a propensity for these things. And I was raised a Catholic, so at the time I was a practicing Catholic um, and forced by my parents to go to school, ever to church every Sunday. Uh, they loved to go to like 8, eight o'clock mass, I think it was, or 7 o'clock, which required me as a young person who had boyfriends and fiancés <laughs> to... Um, to Forced myself out of bed very early on a Sunday morning, which was not always easy. But anyway, there I was with my parents every Sunday at Mass. Um, that is not to say that I wasn't... Um, I, I, I was going through some kind of like crisis because I started to like really not believe in certain things about Catholicism. It was probably Christianity in general, but anyway. I was on my way to class one day and to orchestra. I remember distinctly having my violin and this girl walked up to me and invited me to a Bible study. And the first thing in that I thought of was she doesn't think I'm a Christian because most people didn't think I was a Christian because you, you actually, you can't be a Catholic and, and have people think you're a Christian. The Christian church does not recognize that Catholics are Christian because they are not Christian like Catholics are not Christian like they're Christian. They don't believe in their ideology. And so if you don't believe in their ideology, their version of the Bible, you are not a Christian and you are not going to hell. These people are very specific in their beliefs. You know, I know I've talked about this quite a bit, and this is probably part of the reason why. Because this was like something that really shaped me. So I started going to their to their Bible studies and I guess I was just ripe for being 
indoctrinated and I joined this church. I, I didn't, I've always been kind of an introverted person and also I believe neurodivergent. And so this was something that was very foreign to me was having people appear to love me. They appear to love you. I mean, they just, it is just this massive love bombing. I mean, it really is. And, but there is a level of control and, 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 and I want to talk about that. Like they are involved in every part of your life, whether you're single or you're not. You have what they call a discipler. A discipler who is in your life. They select who's going to be in your life. You don't have a choice. But they select who's going to be in your life. And it is like this. They manage your life. And you have to meet with this person. Like. Weekly. And. You talk to them about things and you're not allowed to date and you live with people in your group. Like there's no freedom. Like I don't even know if there's even such thing as freedom of movement. I mean, you're, you, you live with these people and you, you, um, (laughs) and then as I'm, I'm remembering like, there was fasting involved. I remember one time I didn't eat. I don't know if it was for 24 hours or how long it was, but there was this level of fasting. I mean, in, like I didn't eat. I may have drank water, but I don't remember how long I fasted. I don't know if it was two days or one day, but uh, I remember it leaving an impact on me. Um not that I think that fasting is inherently wrong, but it, in this case, it probably wasn't a good thing. <laughs> um, but so they switched me and I, I started living because I had nowhere to go because at the same time, and my mom's not living anymore, so I can be a lot more honest about how things went down with her. And my mother was not happy that I had, and she was doing a lot of things that I, that were abusive in and of themselves. Like she would send me these cards for people who were praying for me. So for a while, I was still going home. I was still going home on weekends and then I wasn't going on weekends. Um, but, but one thing was really helping me. So this was like weird. So it was like the ending of one semester and then the beginning of another semester. Cause as I recall, I was in this cult for about six months, uh, which doesn't sound like a long time, but it, it, it was, it, this is anyway. So, and then I would I would quit. So I, I, I had to find a place to live because I couldn't, I was, I was, I had to get out of my dorm. And so I think for like two months on over the summer, I was, I was working and I was riding a bike miles. I was riding a bike miles a day to, um, one place from one place to the next. 
But what I started to notice was, you know, and it was weird. I, I mean, I think that I, that there were no, there were actually no men that I was interested in whatsoever. I, I actually had somebody in my life that I loved very much. And, you know, I basically broke up with him for God, you know, supposedly. Um, but when I, when I got out of this cult, I, I was really screwed up. What, what it ended up happening was I, I started to kind of figure out that what some of the scriptures that were said were not happening in my life. Like I was heavily burdened, heavily burdened by these meetings and their, their management of my life. I wasn't allowed to, I was just under their spell. So, and I can't even remember how many times I had to move, but, um, so I ended up moving in this last apartment and and I was I remember that I I was thinking about this Bible verse that said um my burden is easy and my yoke is my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I said I've never felt so burdened in all my life. I told this to somebody and somebody overheard and basically told me not to that I wasn't supposed to talk like stop and then I I don't remember much after that I mean I just I just left and my parents picked me up and these people told me that I was going to hell they said you are going to hell you you are not going to go to heaven you are leaving God and and so somehow I I had to drop out of a couple of my classes that semester, I was a philosophy major at the time, a sophomore in in college. No, it would have been a junior in college, my junior year of college. So, um, could have been my junior to senior year. I can't keep it all straight. But anyway, so I end up leaving this church and I'm pretty screwed up. I'm, I am completely indoctrinated with a fundamentalist take on the Bible from their slant. Like they don't believe in any musical instruments in a church. They don't, um, (laughs) they, I I think I had to wear a dress to church, but I don't remember them telling me that I had to put anything on my head. I don't remember anything on my head, but um and there's a lot that I have forgotten about it because it's so in the past, but I do remember I I, I had this opportunity to go to Boston. So somehow I went to Boston, which is where this cult was formed. This cult was formed from people from MIT. Um, 
actually, and I think they were actually brilliant, but I'm not entirely sure that these enterprises are not just full stop scams to take your money because I'd had this memory recently that they, people were like giving up their homes to the church. Like they were selling their homes. They were giving their, their, the titles to their church, their homes to the church and then renting. Like, and the these people were very much involved in their money. I and I don't know how rich the actual church was, but I think it was it was probably some kind of money scam. And getting people in college campuses, you know, and and then you get people to get people and I mean it's it's brilliant. I mean you threaten them with hell and you indoctrinate them in the Bible and there you've got it, right? <laughs> One of the things that my dad was um was still alive at the time and he he was present for me. I called him every day because I was working in this mail room. I was working in a mail room at the time and I I would call my dad every day and I would just talk to him and he would just listen. And I mean, the fact that I was able to get out of this thing is really amazing. And I attribute that partly to my parents. I mean, because my mother, when I actually came home and got out of the cult, was nicer to me. And that was a good thing because my dad ended up passing away about a year later. Um, so I had to change universities and I went to NAU. And I go to NAU and I don't talk to anybody, anybody about anything ever. It's like, just don't. I, was, I became unconvertible. I did. I became, I mean, it was like nobody could convert me. Like, like, you can talk to me all you want about, you can try to threaten me with hell and tell me that I'm the devil and say whatever you want to me. And it's fine because I, I'm, I'm just very, this experience changed me. It changed me. I'll never forget sometime very soon after this happened was Waco, Texas, where these, um, I'm not sure who they were, but they stormed a compound. And I think, I believe that the people in the compound just lit it on fire. And a whole bunch of people died in this. I'm not sure how many people died in this, but I remember having this understanding that when you were, you were, there is this fine line between sanity and insanity. Like, and I, and I knew, I knew that if I had been in that, that cult, 
that I may have died in that fire because you're crazy. I mean, you really are. When you're in these cults, you are insane. You have given up your volition. You have lost your mind. And, 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 and you believe that it's true. And now I question everything. I question everything. And I, and I do this thing where I compare it to my experience. So I compare everything to my experience or what I, what I actually see, you know, and (laughs) so if, and now fast forward, you know, years later and I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, you know, it is madness. What is going on? in our country, maybe even the world right now. It's really strange, this push toward this ideology that I, that is very similar to what I experienced when I was in college. It was a movement in the Church of Christ. I cannot remember the man who like started it. The people who started, I can't remember their name. It's been a long time and it, you know, I don't think about it. It's not part of my life anymore. But basically what is happening is it, it, it is kind of a cult and it's not necessarily a cult of Trump. I think the cult was there and then Trump is their spokesperson. Like, like, I, I, I don't know, he's a useful tool for them. Like, and, and these churches, while not necessarily joined together by name, are joined together by ideology. And their Bible is... Their sword is their tool, is their weapon. And because they've been part of it, and because it wasn't as radical, like people weren't, aren't necessarily giving up their homes um, and have a discipler in their house and are telling them who they can and cannot date or marry or because it's not, but it is a cult nonetheless. You know, yesterday I was driving along and, and I saw this bumper sticker. And I had my son in the car, we were driving. And I see this bumper sticker that says, God, guns, and Trump. I mean, imagine that as an ideology. God and guns in the same, where where did this start? And how is this a belief system? It just blows my mind. And, and, And a lot of these Christians are like this. Like even if they don't own them, they 
guns are a part of their ideology. I just, it's like, who would Jesus shoot? I mean, can you imagine Jesus with a gun? And just say it. It's like, I mean, I don't know that Jesus was a full-on pacifist, but I do not see him with a gun, with an AR-15. And they weren't even, wasn't even something of that time. But this ideology has spread. And, and so it's not that uncommon. So I, I don't know that I've talked about this in a podcast, but over a few days ago, some young women came into my neighborhood. Now, they had to go through a gate that said no soliciting. And I think that I may get a metal thing that said, says no religious, you know, I'm not really sure what to put on it right now. But I don't want people coming on my property, especially when there's a sign that says no soliciting. Like, don't come in here. Like, don't come in here if you don't belong here. If you're the mailman, fine. Or you're a guest, fine. But I don't want random strangers coming on to this property. Partly because there are people that I care about here that that have had things happen to them from because they're sweet and unfortunately very innocent and gullible, sort of like me. But, you know, and I stopped these girls and I said, don't come back here. You know, I said, I appreciate what you're doing, you know, generally, which I kind of don't. Like, mind your own business. You don't have to proselytize to the world. You know, you don't have to do this. You can have a different life. But I said, please don't come back here. I don't know why. I just felt this incessant need to like, because I had seen a few weeks before that their counterparts with ties had come over to my neighbor's house. That that has had things happen to him, like scammed out of thousands of dollars. And it's been a rough time for him because he's so nice. And he and he doesn't know that it's a scam. He doesn't know. He thinks he thinks So I had asked them to leave. And it was a really weird place for me. Um and and this is something that I I, I sort of want to talk about also in this context is that I feel uncomfortable at times saying things that, I mean, I wasn't unkind. I just said, don't come back. Cause I mean, really they're not welcome. They don't need to be here. There's nobody in this neighborhood that they need to come see. She tried to say it was somebody from their church, but it wasn't. And I think even that was, was not true. I don't think that was true. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know why they've been coming to our neighborhood. But I remember they used to come visit me over at this other place that I lived really close by. These women would come and I just, it's like 
don't waste your time here. And I would tell them that, like, don't waste your time here because you will never convert me. Never. Anyone who would attempt to take away your freedom of thought is not looking for your betterment. They, they, and I'm not even sure that they even have the, the intention of your betterment. I have to say this again. It's taking away the freedom of thought. And within the Christian church right now, There is a huge lack of freedom of thought. You are not allowed to think about things. And and explore them and look and look and see if it lines up with what you're actually seeing. You, you're, you're, you're told that you're going to hell. You're told that you're wrong. You're told, but what they are talking about is not truth. It's not, it's not ultimate truth. Like I've talked about this in previous podcasts because I I was so, at some point, I was just so shocked to find out that I don't know exactly what ultimate truth is. I, b- I believe that there may be an ultimate truth, but in all actuality, everything is from the perspective of the person. Everybody is in their own reality. That's why they do those, 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 those little things where they have you watch something and then everybody tells what they saw and everybody sees something different. They may see some things the same, but they may not even remember the color of car it was correctly. And so for us to put our reality onto somebody else and act as though we have the truth is, is, is a fallacy. Truth is a really weird thing. This is what I've learned. So the Christians believe that they have the ultimate truth and that they have gotten the ultimate truth from their Bible. And now they have infiltrated our government and are enacting Christian laws onto the nation. This is a simplistic way of saying it, but that's what I'm seeing. And I've been seeing this coming on for a while, but now they are, they are in a position to be able to enact this. And I don't understand why they're not just being, I think they call it impeached, all of them. I feel like the Democratic Party is really weak. I don't think that we have, the Democratic Party is is strong enough. I think they're a bunch of wusses, frankly, because they, I really believe they could be doing something. 
because it has definitely been infiltrated by Christian nationalists who believe that their way is the correct way. And I see it all over. I'm, I'm seeing it all over. I know partly social media, but I have to tell you, when I line some of these things up, it, it, it's how it, it's what's happening. This, this guy, I guess he got kicked out of, um, he got kicked out of uh, Target. They won't let him come into Target anymore because he heckles. He goes in and he heckles people. And so he went over to PetSmart and, and he started heckling the people at PetSmart because they had a pride flag. And so I said, will you take that down? That is, that is um, like really upsetting me. Your, your rainbow flag is really upsetting me. And, and he was heckling them and they had to ask him to leave. Please leave because we are pro pride. And and he just went on and on and on. And they finally just had, and he showed his face and everything. Like he started talking about how the gay people had taken the flag and it was actually a promise from God, the rainbow. And I mean, that whole, that whole scenario. <laughs> and so yours truly, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to find, I, I just bought some rainbow earrings I'm going to start wearing. And I'm going to start, you know, I was thinking about getting some kind of pride flag and putting it in my window. Maybe I'll take it, take it down at night but during the day. I mean, I don't know what they can do. I mean, I guess they can say that I'm, I have to have my white thing, but I'm going to figure this out and I'm just going to start trolling. <laughs> what I have to say about all this is, and I just keep really wanting to shout this from the rooftops, and that is, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. This keeps coming into my mind when, you know, when, with all of it, with all of it, like abortions, like, I mean, I hear all over social media, like these women who worked at these clinics and these women who are Christian, who's, you know, and they're coming in for an abortion, you know, like it is the, the height of hypocrisy, it really is. And they think that, oh, this isn't going to affect me. Men think it's not going to affect them. Well, they're trying to get rid of contraception too. They're trying to make it unlawful in the entire country to, to get contraception. That's going to affect men. It's going to affect men. And you know and i'm and i'm i'm pretty concerned this is this is a disaster they are they are other countries are worried about us with where where we're going and so it's people such as this movement in the church of christ that are they have lost their mind they really have 
they're 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 they are unwell in the head. <laughs> I'm just saying, and I know because I've been there. I've been there, and I had to be strong, friends. I had to be really strong because I mean they told me I was going to hell, and I was very suggestible at the time. And I'm okay. Well, I guess, I guess I'm going to hell, but I'm not staying here. And I was just really lucky that I had the support and and the willpower and the brain. And I really feel like I was led. I was strangely led by God <clears throat> out of that situation because I asked. I asked God for help and a sign and I got it. So I'm going to tell you this story and then I'm going to end this podcast. So I did. I asked God for a sign and I was in a I was in the chapel. I was actually in a chapel and I asked God for a sign and no sooner did I did do that this that this gentleman stopped me and he I don't know I don't know why he asked me this but he's like so what church are you from and and I and I told him and he said you have to be very careful with that church. I mean, can you imagine? Isn't that nuts? What a crazy sign. I mean, it was like right then. <clears throat> but anyway, God has always seen me through these things. <laughs> and I suppose that's enough for now. Anyway, I appreciate y'all listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.